are the top strategies that every parent should embrace when raising a child with ADHD? You are listening to Finding Your Brilliance, Episode 6. I'm your host, Katherine Quee. Today, I'm thrilled to be talking with Dr. Edward Hallowell, a national ADHD expert and household name in the field of ADHD. Dr. Hallowell has written numerous best-selling books like Driven to Distraction, Super Parenting for ADD, and Because I Come from a Crazy Family. He's a child psychiatrist, the founder of the Howell ADHD Treatment Centers throughout the country, a father of sons who's grown up with ADHD, and a national spokesperson who shares openly about his own ADHD experiences. I first reached out to Dr. Howell about a year ago after I published my own book, Raising Will, Surviving the Brilliance and Blues of ADHD. To my surprise, Dr. Howell wrote me back and agreed to read my book, The Rest is History. Hi, Dr. Howell. Hi, it's nice to be with you. I also have a daughter who has uh, ADHD, so I have one daughter and two sons. I didn't know you had a daughter. I knew you had a daughter, but I didn't know she had ADHD. Oh, yes. And she's a uh, senior producer at the NFL. So she, she, uh, when you, if you watch the Super Bowl, you'll see her actually. She'll, uh, and she's, she made some of the commercials that'll appear in the Super Bowl. Wow. So your wife, Sue, then is the only neurotypical in your family. (laughs) Is that right? You can call her typical. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. Oh my gosh. Well, your books and presence in the field gave me a feeling of security and hope as I raised my own son, Will, who has ADHD, and as I've supported so many families in similar situations as a child psychologist. So thank Mm. you. Mm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, I want to talk today about suggestions for parents raising a child with ADHD. What are some of the main things you would want that parent to focus on as they nurture that child? Well, you know, the best way to treat ADHD, deal with ADHD, is to understand it. So tip number one would be to learn about it. Most people have a very distorted view of what this condition actually is. And and so, you know, read one of my books, and and I'm not just pushing my books, my whole approach is a strength-based approach, and, and most people who write about it write about the downside, which is which is real, but they don't write about the upside, and the upside is uh, tremendous. I mean, the upside, you, you, you can't buy or teach the qualities that we have, we who have this condition. Creativity, originality, curiosity, drive, uh, stick-to-itiveness, intuition, big-heartedness, generosity, those are common qualities in those of us who have it, you can't buy or teach those. Whereas the downside, problems with executive function, inconsistent focus, a labile mood, the downside you can fix. You can, uh, there are various ways of, of controlling that, of, of um, helping a person gain, you know, what I like to say, strengthen their brakes. Because ha- having this condition is like you've got a Ferrari engine for a brain, but you have bicycle brakes, and, and we, we have ways of strengthening your brakes. But you can't buy that Ferrari engine. You have to be born. Yeah. You know, well, you, you, know, well, you talk. Well, you know, even when we started our call, you mm-hmm. were giving me the definition of the smell of rain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I have to admit, as you were doing that, I was thinking, 
that's pretty diagnostic of ADHD, what you were doing in that moment. <laughs> I was thinking that, and um, but I, I was reveling in it. And I thought, wow, I'm loving learning this. And it is coming from that natural curiosity. Well, we should tell your listeners the word. It, it's called petrichor, P-E-T-R-I-C-H-O-R, petrichor. And it's, it, it means the smell of rain, particularly rain that falls on very dry ground. And it's described as a sweet, earthy smell. So petrichor. Petr- now, you can, now, if next time in summer when it's, it suddenly rains on dry ground and you detect this pleasing aroma in the air, you can name it. It's <laughs> petrichor. How did that come into your brain when we first started talking? I, I glanced down at my iPhone <laughs> and, and I, I get sent a, uh, a word every day. And um, oh. so I... I I learn a new word every day. I love words, in case you didn't know it. Yeah. And so there was the word petrichor. And yeah. uh, that's, how, you know, so yes, I was looking elsewhere. See, that's really what distractibility is. It's curiosity. If you didn't care what was going on, you, you, you'd just stay on target. But we, we don't because we're so curious. You know, yeah. so each of these supposed negatives that go with ADD has a corresponding positive. The the positive that goes with distractibility is curiosity and impulsivity. Turn that on its head and you get creativity. You don't plan to have a creative idea. You don't say it's 10 o'clock time for my creative idea. Uh, they come impulsively, spontaneously, disinhibitedly. And, and mm-hmm. so creativity depends upon some degree of, of impulsivity, of disinhibition. Yes. And then the third, the third one in the triumvirate of symptoms that define the condition, hyperactivity, Turn that on its head, and it's called energy. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. really glad to have a little turbocharge. In <laughs> yeah, that, that is a great quality. Um, it, it, it just means, you know, what comes naturally to you and, and what doesn't. And, and um, Well, I think we view it as the clinical part. What gets in the way? And your focus has always been on unwrapping this gift. Right. What is that phrase that you use? ADHD I, is... Yeah, I don't, I don't treat disabilities. I help people unwrap their gifts. Let's say a family comes in and one of the things they're dealing with with their child is a lot of the oppositionality. Let's call it oppositionality, where that child is struggling so much with just accepting limits. And we see that a lot in a lot of kids, but it seems like we see it a lot in kids that have ADHD as well. Right. So how do you talk about unwrapping that with parents and and really addressing that in a way that's strength-based? Well, you know, my analogy of of race car brain with bicycle brakes. And so when they're they're pushing back or not doing what they're supposed to do, don't shame them. Don't say you're a bad boy or something. Just say your brakes are failing you. We need to work on your brakes. And it's a wonderful way of intervening because there's no shame in it. And as far as, you know, being oppositional, you've got to remember what these kids and adults, for that matter, are always looking for is, is stimulation. And conflict is stimulating. Oh, Doing man. what you're told is boring. So it's, <laughs> it's a lot more engaging to say, no, I won't do that than it is to do it or, or to pick a fight than to go along with the flow. And that's why so many kids with ADHD are stubborn, oppositional, defiant. By the way, punishment has no mm-hmm. impact. Back in the days when kids would get spanked, 
routinely, you could spank them all day and it would have no impact. I have said that so many times. (laughs) I have said that. You know what you're talking about is fascinating to me right now, because when we talked to Will, my son last night, he was making a point of saying that many of the things he was being encouraged to, to do, he said, I have no idea why I f- hate being told to do some what thing yeah. so much. Yeah. He said, it's so bizarre. I, I, unless it's my idea, I never want to do it. And he said, no, now it's, I'm, it's, in our, it's in our DNA. We, you know, we're the people who colonized this country. We didn't want to get pushed around. We, we want to do it our way. And, you know, the best way to get us not to do something is to tell <laughs> us to do it. <laughs> right. And so I like the way you flip the fact that opposition, that conflict is stimulation. Yes. Right. And so you, you externalize the, and you say your brakes are getting in the way and you leave it. It's sort of like if a child is stealing, I might say to them, what happens when you, you know, you find your, your hand is suddenly picking something up and all of a sudden you're out of the store with it. Right. It's not as personal to that. It's not blaming. Yeah. And it doesn't, that kind of theft is not, because they don't have a conscience. It's just impulse. The yeah. impulse got the better of them. Yeah. They still have to be held accountable, but it, but it's not, you don't have to worry that you're raising a future criminal, you know, <laughs> someone with no conscience, someone who has no sense of right and wrong. Also, other things that you feel like, so for parents, it's really the shaming doesn't work. Typical consequences are not going to work. Yeah, no, the incentives work much better. So bribes, bribes are fine. <laughs> Any expert who says you shouldn't bribe children doesn't have children. Yeah, I love, talk more about that to parents, will you? Well, you just, you, you can't raise children without incentivizing things, which is a fancy word for bribing. You do this and I'll give you that. And this way the world works, you know, a salary, you could say, is a bribe. It's a reward for doing a job. Yeah. And, and so, you know, to, to deny that, it, it's it's... Silly. I don't know if you noticed this. With kids with ADHD, it seems like having the bribe very close to, you know, if you do this within by the end of the day, you can have such and such as opposed to a week long. It seems oh, like it has to be immediate. Yeah. No, immediate. They, they have we we don't have the sense of time. In our world, there are basically two times. There's now and not now. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> if it's not happening now, it's not now. Right. So having parents really get it that you're going to be grounded for two weeks or some kind of a consequence like that is just not going to work at all. Right. And put it instead on if you do this in the next hour, if you clean up this, then you can have this in a, you know, it's very, very immediate. Right. Exactly. Whatever it is should happen right away. What do you, how do you really, how do you advise families on some of the social challenges that kids are experiencing with peers and some of the parents really experience a lot of grief around their kids being socially rejected. And many of these kids, right, they say things that are off-putting and they're very honest and blunt. And so parents, can you talk a little bit about that? That social yeah, social part. social learning, social thinking, social coaching has become a great field. There's a wonderful book by Carolyn McGuire called "Why Will No One Play With Me?" She goes through a whole book of of ways of intervening, of teaching kids, because uh, often kids with ADHD really don't have the ability to read a social scene, 
And she shows you in this wonderful book how to do that. It, it's something you can learn, like reading or math. You, know, mm -hmm. you can learn how to read a, a social scene and fit in without, without annoying anybody. So Carolyn McGuire, why will no one play with me? Caroline McGuire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E, why will no one play with me? That's great to know. The, the Play Better Plan to Help Children of All Ages. Mm -hmm. Really wonderful. Can you talk about advice around medication? I mean, you're being a psychiatrist. This is daily something. And, and me as a psychologist, even though I don't prescribe, I'm constantly being um, speaking about it. What, what, right. Talk a little about your advice. On well, medicine. medication is a tool in the toolbox, you know, and, and it's a wonderful tool, but it's just another tool. And, you know, it, it, it unfortunately becomes a kind of a hot button issue. You know, people ask me, do you believe in Ritalin? And my answer is it's not a religious principle. It's not a matter of believing in it. It, it. it is a medication. And when it works and doesn't cause side effects, it's really quite wonderful. If it yeah. doesn't work or if it causes side effects, you don't use it. And, and it's just that simple. People have made it into much more than that, unfortunately. And, and what happens is people get scared away from medication. They, they're based on wrong information. They, mm -hmm. uh, they think it, uh, I had one little boy start crying when the Ritalin came up in the session and his parents are sitting there and I, and I finally, he's 10 years old, I finally got him to tell me what he was so upset about. And he said, my friend told me it makes your penis fall off. Oh, my goodness. I mean, there is just really crazy wrong information out there. And this poor little boy was understandably terrified. And uh, Wow. You know, it, 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 there's, there's just a lot of completely wrong information that uh, wanders around the Internet. And unfortunately, what nobody talks about is how wonderful the meds can be if they're used properly. When they work, and they work about 80% of the time, they work like eyeglasses. You know, they're, they're really terrific. You, they help you focus. And in, in my practice, I, I won't allow any side effects other than appetite suppression without weight loss. So that, that you usually do get appetite suppression as a side effect. But you can deal with that simply by maintaining your calorie intake. Well, I like what you said to my son in the podcast you did with him on your podcast, Distraction, and how you said to him, Will, you got to eat. Even yeah. if you're not hungry, you have to exactly. eat. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just, and, it, it, and if the meds are working, you're, you're going you're gonna to want to eat, you know, so, so, you know, you can eat even if you're not hungry, you know, you, you, you know, and you won't vomit or something, to get the food down. Can you talk about some of the, um, learning challenges such as writing and reading and some of the lags in those areas. I know from reading your book that you were behind with reading mm. when I you were am. younger. I, I'm, I have dyslexia and I'm a, I never got any uh, treatment for it. So I'm a unbelievably slow reader. It takes me forever to get through a book. I, I really rarely finish books. In fact, my wife said, I don't know how you know anything. Well, I heard that podcast. I heard her say that in your marriage podcast that you'd, and yeah. I think that's so funny. So, so. But I majored, but I majored in English at Harvard and graduated with high honors. So I had to read some books to do that. Um, since so many children with ADHD have dyslexia and dysgraphia, the learning disability and writing, share how you got through. And everybody's brain's different. They're not going to be like you, but. Well, no, I didn't get the sort of help people should get now because uh, it wasn't around. 
So I just sort of figured it out on my own, and I got very lucky in sort of the grace of God. But you don't want to have to rely on hope and uh, the grace of God. So now we, we fortunately have, you know, tools that work. And for dyslexia, uh, there's various interventions. And then for ADD, the combination of coaching, structure, that, uh, and medication, physical exercise, getting enough yeah. sleep, good nutrition. There's a wonderful fish oil, omega-3 product called Omega Bright. Mm-hmm. O-M-E-G-A-B-R-I-T-E that I recommend to people. Uh, so, you know, a, a comprehensive multimodal treatment program is what we want. Yeah. And so for my son, he did Orton-Gillingham tutoring. Yeah. And yeah. that's what really, really helped him because his letters were all wacky and flipped around and all yeah. of that. And so, like you're saying, you didn't get that help. You figured it out the hard way and you wish you had. Yes. Gotten oh, more yes. Support. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I wish I weren't such a slow reader. Um, do you listen to books on tape? I don't. I want to. I just haven't gotten around to it. It's, it's my <laughs> procrastination. I, I, I should. That's and, a pl- uh, Yeah, I wondered about that. Yeah. Yeah. Plug it into my, all, all I do is put it on my iPhone, right? And I can plug it into my car radio. Yeah. I should do that. Yeah. Well, as it's soon a. As we hang up today. I'll, I'll go to books on tape. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, Catherine, you're you're helping me here. You're <laughs> good. Teaching this old this old dog some new tricks. And for sensory differences, you know, so many kids have all of the funny things with taste and clothing. And do you notice that in mm-hmm. a lot of the kids? You what do you? Typically- oh yeah, there's usually a hypersensitivity in one domain or another. Hypersensitive to touch, to smell, to sound, to taste, to is hypersensitivity in one of those domains. I don't have any hypersensitivity, but my daughter, for example, is very hypersensitive to touch. She, she has trouble wearing anything but cotton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so do you typically recommend occupational therapy or how do you manage no, I, that with I clients? I just say work it out. You know, I mean, you, you, you can go to OT. That's great. But, you know, it's an expense and time consuming. You, you just work around it, you know, wear yeah. cotton or you know, don't go into extremely noisy places, whatever it might happen to be, you, you can yeah. usually work around it. Yeah, that's so that that is very true, because it, the expense of driving kids to all these appointments is another thing that's it's right. huge. I give all these recommendations. And I'm thinking, how do people? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I wonder if there's maybe a few other things on your mind. I know you've been working on your next book. And maybe you want to talk about you. you you're doing something with your net. You're like coming up with a new theory or something, aren't you? Well, I have a new term that I use for it because ADD is so misleading. So I'm calling it VAST, which is That's right. var- variable attention stimulus trait instead of ADHD because it's not a deficit of attention. Hyperactivity is often absent and I don't see it as a disorder. I see it as a trait. So I'm calling it variable attention stimulus trait. And I'm also, you know, stressing some new interventions right at the top of the list is, is having a creative outlet. We, we really do much better if we have a creative outlet. So it, it's, it's important for these kids and these adults, too, to have a creative outlet. Most are entrepreneurs, so that, that provides a creative outlet right there. When you see your kiddos in your practice or just in life really getting locked into screens and all of that hyper-focusing on 
gaming or, you know, and that maybe that outlet isn't going well for that person. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot. And I, you know, I feel people look at me because my son has a musical outlet and they say, how did that happen? How did, and it's a complicated one. And, and, mm-hmm. and I wonder for you, what, what do you notice when you see that maybe that kid hasn't found it or they're really locked into something that's solitary and it doesn't seem like bringing happiness is where they are. How do you encourage families to help that child in well, that way. Keep looking. I mean, try things until you find something that, you know, your brain lights up doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that's why you want to expose a person to as many opportunities as you can. Mm-hmm. So even if the child is like, I don't want to go, I don't want to do it, you just oh, keep. No. Coax them, bribe them, coax them, get them, you've got to get them involved. <laughs> Bribing they're, they're, is good. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And around exercise too, I feel that that's a real barrier a lot of times that I, I'm up against with the, that because the child is like, heck no, I, I don't want to go to the Y or I don't want to do this or that. And maybe yeah. their coordination is kind of poor. Yeah. So yeah. they haven't been chosen on teams or they feel really their confidence is low. Well, you, know, you can always find some, some you know, uh, uh, karate or martial arts or swimming or Fencing. I mean, you know, there's so many different ways where you can engage your, your body. So what you're saying is you just got to keep looking until you find something. And I realize we're out of time. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm a great fan of everything you do. So I hope all your listeners will, you know, continue to listen to you. You're a real treasure. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Hallwell. It was wonderful talking with you. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you for joining us on my podcast, Finding Your Brilliance. My guest today was Dr. Edward Hallowell. He's a national ADHD expert and just a great guy. You can find out more about me on my website, kqadhdandu.com. That's A-N-D, the letter U.com. And until we meet again, just remember that we each have our own brilliance. Sometimes it just takes a while to find it.